Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. So I'm just going to come out with it because this is the number one reason that women reach out to me every single day. And it's all about losing weight. Here's the thing about losing weight. And I'm not even talking about stubborn belly fat, but that losing weight can sometimes feel so freaking impossible, especially as we enter perimenopause and many of our hormones start to decline. I'm talking testosterone, progesterone, growth hormone, thyroid hormone, cortisol, some of the biggest power players involved in our metabolic health start to slowly ramp down, leaving us feeling super frustrated. So you may notice more belly fat filling in, your waistline keeps expanding, and that it's getting harder and harder to move the scale backwards to a number you feel good about, right? You're, you're kind of your homeostasis number. Now, I've had my own fair share of weight struggles, especially in my late 30s, so I know exactly what it feels like when you are frustrated that nothing is working. But what if? your dreams of a flatter stomach and a more toned body are still within reach without hitting the gym or jumping on that treadmill like a crazy person every single day for months. Now, I'm not saying that you should stop exercising altogether, but here's the thing I know to be true. I have had so many women over the years, I'm talking about well over a decade, that have come to me who either have injuries or they are chronically fatigued or they've got a thyroid issue, or just you know, something is adding to the fact that they're not able to move the way that they want, especially when it comes to resistance training or HIIT training, or simply they don't want to do it. They don't like exercising, like it's a bad word to them. Now, I know that moving your body has so many epic benefits, right? Not only you know balancing your blood sugar, helping with your digestive system, helping to create a better better mood, focus, sleep, heart health, energy. I mean, honestly, the list goes on and on. But I'm going to save all of those benefits for another episode. What I want to talk about today is for the sake of losing weight, there are a lot of things that you can do every single day to melt the fat away that don't require a gym membership. That is what this episode is about. And I will tell you that you cannot you outwork out a really crappy diet, right? You cannot outwork out a lot of ultra processed foods, right? You cannot outwork out you know, crazy blood sugar levels, right? And, and poor metabolic dysfunction. But what you can do is you can shift the way that you eat. I will tell you that, you know, when it comes to the 80-20 rule, 80% of what's going to help you to drop fat and drop pounds is going to be what you're consuming nutritionally. And 20% is going to be that movement piece, going to be building that muscle piece. That's going to be the other piece. So let's talk about the 80% that's going to actually move the needle. Like if I am looking to get leaner, get more toned, reduce inflammation, reduce belly fat, my focus is going to be food first. And it's often going to be some type of, oh, well, not, not only the 10 things I'm talking about with you today, but also maybe even a detox protocol. Because I do believe that detoxification and weight loss are inseparable, hence why I love my 14-day detox. But again, for another day, for another conversation, today I want to just focus on the general top 10 that are going to move the needle for you if you can implement at least two to three of these into your everyday life. Starting with number one, this is going to be of no surprise to you, but it is eating way more veggies. 
Now, as you aim to reduce overall carbs and sugar intake, which we know are a big player in us, you know, getting getting a, a bigger waist, getting more belly fat, messing with our metabolism, we know that we need to follow up a more metabolically healthy lifestyle. You want to up your veggie intake. Now, one reason being that veggies are typically much lower on the glycemic index scale, so they are less likely to spike your blood sugar and cause a cascade of other health issues, including that weight gain, with the exception of certain veggies like potatoes, sweet corn, so right, those starchy veggies, beetroot, all known, that can be known to spike your blood sugar if they're eaten on their own. Again, everybody's a little bit different, but it's always worth knowing that this is the case for you. But even those veggies are okay in moderation since all veggies are packed with healthy fiber and nutrients including essential vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals that help to offset any inflammatory issues that you may be dealing with. Plus, a diet in healthy vegetables can boost your metabolism in turn, help you shred fat without added exercise. And again, it's about that fiber, the antioxidants, and most importantly, um, it is about, you know, creating good diversity in your microbiome. It's a major player here. Number two is focusing on organic whole foods. Food is absolutely medicine and molecular information, especially when you're eating the right kinds. This is something that you want to remember when choosing what you put into your body. Since the food you eat becomes the matter that makes up your organs, muscles, tissue, and brain. So I always like to think about like what is about to become my future brain, right? I want to know, (laughs) is it going to be uh, you know, a chips and brownie and processed meat brain, or is it going to be a wonderful salmon salad with tons of veggies and olive oil kind of brain? You know, the, that's the brain I'm gearing towards. So for example, eating a lot of unhealthy fats and carbs will go straight to your belly, go straight to your booty, right? Go straight to those areas where we end up storing fat. Whereas whole foods work as fuel for your metabolism and help you to burn fat. Now, some research has shown that reducing your consumption of animal protein Sources like processed meat and poultry may help lower cholesterol levels, blood pressure, and risk of heart disease. There's also evidence to indicate that plant-based diets or like more plant-focused diets may support weight loss and lower the risk of obesity in some individuals. One study found that people following this diet generally consumed less fat and fewer calories. Another study found that the risk of developing type 2 diabetes was lowered among individuals following a plant-focused diet while also lowering the risk of all-cause mortality, certain cancers, and cardiovascular disease. So something to be thinking about, that you really want to not only eat your plants, but making sure that you're eating a, a diverse array of plants. I think that the magic number is 30 different plants every single week. And I'm talking about like legumes, nuts and seeds, veggies, and fruits. Again, it's important to have as much diversity as possible because that all feeds into that healthy microbiome. Number three, start your meals with a salad or protein. Now you tolerate carbs a lot better when they are not eaten on an empty stomach or by themselves, right? This is so important. This simply means that the carbs you do eat will not immediately enter your bloodstream and turn into a blood sugar spike and crash. And I just want to emphasize this because if there's anything you've learned on this show over the last year or so, it's that we do not want to eat desserts or acellular carbs, like processed carbs, or, you know, or anything carby by itself, like to kick off breakfast or to have for a snack, because I promise you, it's most likely going to spike your blood sugar. And we want fewer spikes and crashes that will not only help you to lose weight, 
but it'll also help you to stabilize your weight. I mean, that is literally the name of the game, keeping your blood sugar stable all day long. And that's why I love this particular tip. Now, eating protein or a salad before your carbs can really, really help. Now, for example, eating eggs before a potato pancake, that will help to reduce that spike. Other tips would be eating several pieces of chicken before eating something like quinoa or a sweet potato, right? Again, we are blunting that blood sugar response at least a little bit. So try these healthy protein snacks that are also high in other key nutrients and fats. So a boiled egg is a great option, edamame, a nut butter and celery, especially unsweetened almond butter. So looking out for those nut butters, making sure they don't have a ton of sugar in them. Cheese, if you can tolerate it, um, avocado with olive oil, and something like cured salmon and hummus, right? These are the types of things that will keep your blood sugar stable before you consume that carb. And you can also just choose to focus on the protein and salad because there's all kinds of wonderful, healthy fiber and really healthy carbs that you're going to get from that as well. Just really depends on what your tolerance is for carbs And again, one of the best ways to know that is by wearing a continuous glucose monitor or by using a glucose stick so that you can look and see what happens to your blood sugar before a meal and then postprandial after that meal. Number four, probably one that I have been fully committed to this year, and that is staying hydrated. So most people do not get enough water. In fact, according to a recent study by the CDC, the average American adult drinks an estimated 44 ounces, which is 1.3 liters of water per day. Now, this is cause for concern given the recommended daily fluid intake is about 2.7 liters for women and 3.7 liters for men. Drinking enough water isn't just crucial for quenching your thirst. It affects everything from your skin to kidney function, metabolism, cognitive performance, even your digestive health. I'm telling you everything. Water is the medium that makes your entire body work. Now, the benefits of drinking lots of water may even support weight loss, as one study found that people who were more hydrated tended to consume fewer calories than the, and less saturated fat in their diet. Staying hydrated is also associated with higher energy levels and is critical for regulating your body temperature so that you're kind of running on a good metabolic pace. One hack to ensure you're getting enough water is to start your day with 16 to 30 ounces of water, like literally right out the gate. So what I do is I have a 30 ounce Stanley cup. It's actually sitting with me right here. Um, I fill it all the way up. I put a little bit of ice in it. Um, I squeeze a half lemon, like a Meyer lemon in there. And then I do a half a packet of element electrolytes. Usually I do their raspberry salt or their orange salt, or they have over the summer, they've got a grapefruit salt that is dropping that I just got that is so freaking amazing. And I will have the link to go and check that out if you want. But I kick off and I will drink that entire 30 ounces before I even have coffee. And I will tell you, I feel immediately energized because I got all these electrolytes. I got all this good hydration going. And I will tell you, it, it takes me from a kind of awake state to a fully awake state. And I love drinking it when I'm outside in the sun so that I'm charging up my mitochondria. So this is a a morning hack, a metabolic hack that I'm using to do well before I even drink my coffee in the morning. And again, I'm talking a five-minute hack. I usually Kingston's playing out in the backyard. I'm doing my little, my getting my, my sunshine, drinking my water, and my day just runs so much better. 
Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through this super mineral so quickly. Now this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my essentially whole magnesium restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code podcast and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Here's something I know every woman can agree on. Stubborn belly fat can feel like the worst, especially when you've tried everything to lose it. Not to mention belly fat can be dangerous for us too. According to a brand new study, women over 40 who have excessive belly fat are up to 20% more likely to suffer a heart attack. And no surprise, hormones are involved in belly fat production, which is actually good news because we can optimize your hormones and metabolism for a flatter stomach. And that's exactly what I'm offering to you as a free gift today. My Belly Slim Down Guide gives you three effective strategies to get rid of belly fat, along with recipes to reduce bloating, balance your blood sugar, and speed up your metabolic furnace to optimize fat burning. So grab the Belly Slim Down Guide with my proven protocols and recommendations and recipes now at drmarisa.com slash slimdown. That's drmarisa.com slash slimdown, and the link will be in the show notes. Number five, avoid sugary processed foods and beverages. Duh, right? This one is obvious. According to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, Americans' average daily calories from sugar is 14%. That's a lot. With so many sugary drinks, snacks, and candies available almost everywhere you turn, it can be so difficult not to form some dietary habits around sugar. Um, And be honest with you, sugar is so insidious because it's hiding in almost everything. And because our bodies are built to convert sugar into energy, it's what it's built to do, it can easily kind of fall into a pattern of sugar addiction. The more you eat or drink these sugary things, the easier it is for your mind and body to crave them when you feel hungry, thirsty, or even just low on energy. And ooh, I can really speak to that. Like the second I start to notice that I have a craving for something sugar, I realize it's my energy levels that are kind of plummeting. And I always, what I'll do is I drink a big thing of water and I go for a walk. That usually fixes it. Um, But this endless loop leads to you needing more junk food and more calories. And I'm talking about just empty calories for energy and ultimately more weight gain and belly fat ensue because you end up deregulating your blood sugar. I mean, even that protein bar at two o'clock or three o'clock in the afternoon is going to spike your blood sugar. Now, avoiding these foods will bring your body back into homeostasis, reduce those cravings, help you eat less. And over time, this will begin to heal your metabolism so that you eventually begin to lose that belly fat, lose that fat without even trying. And if you want all the best insider tips and strategies to accomplish exactly this, I wanna just invite you to join my live hormone release summit, which is gonna start on May 20th. Again, I have 37 of the best women's health experts on this summit. And we're doing an encore weekend where you just get to cherry pick whatever whatever episode you wanna listen to. 
If you want to listen to the one specifically on blood sugar, if you want to listen to the one specifically on mitochondrial health, on perimenopausal health, on specifically menopause, I mean, I cover all of the bases in this, this particular summit. So you get to pick whatever you love and, and begin to take action on it. So again, I'm going to be showing thousands of women how to balance their hormones, get their blood sugar under control, and address their metabolism in two action-packed days. And again, it's totally free, and you get to pick exactly what's going to serve you. Just head over to reliefsummit.com, reserve your spot right now, because guess what? You're going to get a free gift. You're going to get a free, amazing hormone recipe guide, which is so aligned with today's episode, and it's going to land in your inbox the second you register. And note that it's only for two days. You're not going to want to miss out. Um, and again, you can pick and choose whatever talk you want to listen to. Again, the, the link is reliefsummit.com. I'll have it in the show notes for you to go and click into it and get registered. Number six, limit alcohol intake. We all know that alcohol can trigger a blood sugar roller coaster. Margaritas, anyone, right? And for many of us, this only gets worse as we age. It has everything to do with our hormones, right? As our hormones decline, things just get a lot more wonky. Alcohol impairs liver function, making it less effective at managing your glucose and fast storage functions, which ultimately lead to weight gain. So just note, if your liver cannot do the job of metabolic health, like, like glucose metabolism, then because it's processing alcohol and poisons, then we start to see the insulin resistance stack even more. Um, because let's be honest, that beer belly or wine belly is a real thing for this exact reason. And it's not limited to just beer. <laughs> it can be a martini belly. It could be a wine belly, a champagne belly, a beer belly, a bourbon belly, a margarita belly, whatever you want, what kind of, whatever kind of alcohol you're consuming. Um, and alcohol can be an appetite stimulant as well. I know you know what I'm talking about, right? The munchies, the nachos, whatever you're eating after you've been drunk. Best believe when I was in my early 20s, after I would go out partying with friends, we would stop at a fast food restaurant or a pizza joint to get like a pizza pizza. I mean, I don't know. That definitely happened to me in my 20s. Now, this may be a result in overeating while imbibing and consuming more calories that your body doesn't need, right? Especially at that time of the night <laughs> when we should be asleep, not drinking more. Alcohol also inhibits your judgment after consumption and can lead to making snap decisions about the foods that you consume while you're drinking it can also lead to some additional blood sugar spikes that can take days to recover, right? When we're talking about, you know, late night snacking or you know, mid-afternoon snacking, it can take days for us to recover from that. Lastly, alcohol itself is high in calories and often high in sugar. Um, so if you're trying to lose weight, you may want to consider drinking less of it or even taking an alcohol break for like 30 days. If you are drinking, make sure that you do stick to low sugar mixers like soda water. And honestly, soda water is probably the only mixer that works. Um, and like lemon and lime. All right, number seven, cook more, dine out less. One of the things that Alex and I decided to do this year in particular is to cook more at home. I would say that some weeks, actually most weeks of each month, we don't go out to eat or do takeout at all. And we have some amazing, organic, crunchy, Encinitas, California kind of locations to go to, um, which can really be tempting, not going to lie. But what we have learned is that, one, we know that we control the ingredients in our house when we make it from home. 
Um, and we know that um, it, it, it's just, it's healthier for us. We can really make sure that we, we eat metabolically healthy meals. And to be honest, it also saves money across the board, right? Um, what I know to be true is that you just often don't know what's going into the food or where that food even came from. So that's that's the thing. You know, is it smothered in unhealthy oils or other fats? Is it loaded with a ton of salt? Is the is it fully GMO'd out? Who knows, right? Which makes it hard to know whether anything you order is actually safe. Now I'm not trying to put like stranger danger on this, but let's be real. Like takeout food and going out to eat food, you it can be it can be a crapshoot. And you'll notice that the what we noticed is that the more that we were doing takeout, even even healthy, super healthy, organic restaurant takeout that, you know, we're really blessed in Southern California to have, that we were seeing pounds come on. You got just a couple pounds and we knew what the deal was. We knew that we were eating out or we were doing takeout too often. And so what we've learned is that we batch our cooking, um, especially because we've done our detox. Now it's going to be two months total this year. We'll have done it in January. And then we're doing it pretty much April, May. And so what we have learned is, you know, how to be really strategic about batch cooking. Like tonight, we're making zucchini noodles. Um, Alex is making a crushed tomato sauce. Um, and we are doing ground ground turkey. Um, and we're going to and, and pesto. So we're going to have a couple different options, but something super easy to put together. I'm going to make a really big, yummy salad. So that's, but we already made the ground turkey a day ago. Um, we have the pesto I made a couple of days ago. So we're just kind of combining things, um, to put together. Um, we, we bought, I'll be honest with you. We bought the zucchini noodles spiraled already. Yes, we have a spiraler, but sometimes it's just easier to get them at the store that way. And so this meal is probably going to take us like 30 minutes to put together tonight. And we are going to make enough of it so that it'll last into tomorrow as well. So again, it's super important to be being really mindful when, of the ingredients you have in your kitchen, that you are cooking more at home, so that you can really control, and that you're really hitting those metabolically healthy food marks, meaning that you're getting a lot of those plant foods, you're getting, you know, you're getting enough protein sources, you're eating healthy fats, you're getting your fiber sources, and, and you can literally see what you're putting into your food. So there's lots of ways to make this happen. As I mentioned, if you do register for the summit, you're going to get my my 14 hormone recipe guide with some of the recipes that we use all of the time inside of our house. So that'll just get you kickstarted in this path so that you get used to cooking more and more at home. I will tell you one of the best hacks that we implement consistently is cooking from home. And then the second hack that we implement consistently is batch cooking and then walking after our meals. Those are the those have been like major major game changers for us in 2023 that we have been fully committed to. All right, number 8. Always opt for a side salad over fries or over chips and salsa, right, or any other unhealthy appetizer. I know you know this, but if you do decide to eat out, especially if you head to a restaurant packed with unhealthy choices, right? Cuz your best friend chose it or whatever reason it may be, um, always opt for a side salad starter. So this happens to me at breakfast. Um, I will order a like a veggie omelet and it always comes with, you know, it comes with potatoes, it comes with hash browns, it comes with bread. I, I always cancel the bread um, and I will always swap out um, the potatoes for a side salad. And it's usually like an extra dollar or two. I've been doing this for years 
and it has never been an issue. And so just be thinking about like what you can swap out for a side salad. And I, I pretty much start every single meal with veggies or a salad. I'm a huge salad consumer um, at restaurants and at our home. I am the salad maker in my house because um, salads, not they, that's one of the best ways to get all kinds of veggies into your diet and some vinegar and some olive oil that can help to blunt that blood sugar response as well for whatever that main meal is. Um, but I just love raw, yummy veggies. So again, this might seem like a no-brainer, but you really need to remember this in order to put your cravings in their place and just don't let them take control of you, right? I mean, how quickly can you dip into the bread basket or the chips basket or someone orders some French fries or people order a basket of French fries for the table? I mean, let's be honest, you know this goes down. So choosing to go with the fries or the breaded mushrooms or the zucchini sticks or whatever fried favorites are going to put you in the fast lane to carb country and right back on that blood sugar roller coaster, especially if you're kicking off your meal with that. Um, even doing this one time can mess up your blood sugar and your metabolism for days. Your liver does not love it, leading to another cycle of intense cravings, crashes, and potentially weight gain. So again, just doing your best to get everybody aligned at the table or at least supporting you and your decision but I will tell you, I have breakfast with all kinds of friends, all kinds of family members. They're doing their thing. I'm doing my thing. And I'll tell you what, I'm doing the boring thing, but I'm doing the thing that doesn't move, then doesn't do anything to my continuous glucose monitor. Like I can look at it in real time. I know what's going to have an impact on me and what isn't. And I can tell you, you can probably figure it out as well, right? If I were to eat the fried hash browns with the omelet, then I'm most likely going to have a bigger spike than I just had the omelet with the salad. I mean, guaranteed, right? And so, and I don't even know what those hash browns are cooked with, most likely canola oil or some type of vegetable oil. And I'm just not about that life. I'd love it to be an oil that I really love it to be. And that only can happen often in my house. Number nine, use lighter, more nutrient-dense cooking ingredients. Speaking of that, so when it comes to cooking, We've been totally conditioned to reach for vegetable oil or Pam spray and just roll with it, right? I mean, I don't know how many of you have, hopefully a lot of you do not have canola oil in your house. Um, the problem is um, these are often in healthy cooking oils packed with high inflammatory omega-6s, not enough or no, like zero omega-3s and maybe even some trans fats. You want to get them all out of your kitchen like yesterday, grab the big trash bag and start throwing that stuff away. It is just not worth it. Um, if you want to use oils high in healthy omegas, you know, that are clean, organic, and not processed or full of harmful additives, um, you know, where to start is going to be extra extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, um, sesame seed oil if you can do it, and grass-fed butter and ghee. So what we personally cook with, we cook with uh, avocado oil a lot. Um, I do all of my dressings with extra virgin olive oil. Um, I will roast veggies with extra virgin olive oil as well. Um, and we will often also cook with grass-fed butter or ghee. Um, my husband in Kingston can absolutely tolerate grass-fed butter. I can tolerate ghee, no problem. So those are the options that we have in our house that feel really good and really, really healthy for us. And those are the things I'd recommend to have stockpiled in your, your kitchen as well. Leading me now, finally, we're at the end, number 10, Moderate your portions. Ooh, this has been one that I have 
struggled with over the years. And really where it comes from for me is, you know, I eat very fast. Um, it is my, some of my default survival mode activities still um, persist. Um, and eating is one of them, especially now as a mom. I'm often, I feel like I'm often eating on the go <laughs> um, sometimes. And so this is one that I've really had to work with. But I'm really great at, you know, where I've kind of cleaned this up for myself is I know that I'm probably going to eat faster than I need to or that I should for my digestive system. I have tried mindful eating so many times and I've gotten a little bit better about it. I'm definitely better than I used to be for sure. But what I do is that I really set myself up from the gate by creating a plate, it's usually a smaller plate with the amount of portion that I know is going to best serve my body, right? You kind of just have a sense of things. So I never, ever feel full. Like I never walk out of a meal, no matter how fast I ate it. I'm feeling full because I really gauged um, how many portions, that size of portion that I needed out the gate. So I think that's really helpful. And usually the biggest, biggest portion of food that I consume is the salad. Like usually the salad is like two thirds of my plate and then it is whatever that protein source is. Those are often how it works for me. So if you've ever wondered whether how often you eat has an impact on your health goals, while focusing on things like calorie intake, macronutrients, and healthy food is essential, meal frequency and size is very essential, especially since it can impact everything from blood sugar levels to weight gain. So whether you're working on metabolic health, weight loss, weight gain, or a better sleep quality, it's a good idea to focus on the number and size of meals that you eat during the day. Remember that hormones like insulin are stimulated to help process incoming food whenever you eat. So when you eat larger meals or those higher in refined carbohydrates and added sugar, they stimulate more significant amount of insulin. And that could definitely create a bigger blood sugar spike. So when you're grazing throughout the day, your body is always in a fed state. By allowing some time between meals, you're giving your body time to rest and allow for your glucose levels to come on down. So new research shows that adults with type 2 diabetes who eat two large meals per day have better insulin sensitivity and increased weight loss than those who graze and eat more frequently, even when the total daily calories are the same. Now, results may vary. Obviously, they're looking at adults with type 2 diabetes. So try to find what works best for you. What I recommend is starting with two to three you know, decent meals per day, like those are your meals without snacks in between. And ideally, dinner being the smallest. Um, and if dinner can't be the smallest, because honestly, dinner is often our biggest meal of the day. I just love dinner so much. What we end up doing, because we know that dinner is going to be a kind of similar meal size to, or a little bit bigger meal size to lunch or breakfast, we'll have dinner earlier so that our bodies have enough time to process and digest that before bedtime. So I often recommend, you know, again, eating in a restricted time window of, you know, 12 hours or less. So whether it's 12 hours or 10 hours or eight hours, again, it's not, you're not meant to restrict calories in this window, just restrict the window itself so that you give your body an opportunity to recover on the other side. So uh, a 12-hour circadian-based window would be 7 to 7, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Or how we like to do it is I usually do a 10 or 8, a 10 or 8, 8 hour window. So I usually end dinner by 6 p.m. at the latest, and I will have my first meal of the day around 10 a.m. the next morning, right? And that's going to put me at an 8-hour window. 
So again, finding what works best for you, but I find that almost anybody and everybody can fit in the 12 hour on, 12 hour off um, time restricted window. So, and you also wanna give your body at least three hours between meals and snacks throughout your eating period and to stop eating at least three hours before bed. So there you have it. Those, those are the rules. <laughs> They're not rules per se. These are just ways to lose fat without exercising. These are all scientifically backed methods. So the more that you can incorporate, the more that you can stack on top of each other, the better results that you will be. So I'm just gonna share really quickly the ones that we implement the most or the ones that I implement the most that have made the biggest the biggest um, benefit to my health. So one, eating eating veggies and protein at every single meal. That is one that has made the biggest difference and making sure that I'm eating a variety of veggies. I try to start every single meal with veggies, except for my smoothies in the morning. They have frozen cauliflower and carrots and greens and then you know a handful of blueberries. So I, I blend all of that up and protein powder and a half avocado. So I will tell you that my, my first meal of the day is often a blended protein smoothie with all kinds of veggies, healthy fats, and some blueberries. But when I'm eating like a full meal, like lunch and dinner, then I will start with the salad and then move over to the protein. The next thing that has made a massive difference for me is staying hydrated throughout the day. So making sure that I'm consuming a ton of water all day long, massive difference. I have noticed that so often I think I'm hungry, but truly I am thirsty. So by starting my day with a very big container of water has made such a big difference in how I feel. I just feel more focused. I feel more like like my, my brain is actually working out the gate in the morning. Um, obviously, avoiding sugary processed foods and beverages. That's been on my list for a long time. No alcohol, I have found to be a huge benefit in my life and how I feel. Cooking more um, has been a, a big commitment for Alex and I. For as busy as we are, for as much as we work, for as much time as we spend with Kingston, this, is, this was very much a, we sat down, we had a conversation, and we said to ourselves, we are cooking, you know, 80, 90% of our meals this year are going to be cooked at home because we know that's how we want to feed our family. And that has made such a big difference. Um, and then making sure that, um, that my portion size is, is good to go. That the greater part of my portion size is definitely plant driven, fiber driven foods. Um, and I only eat three meals a day. I do not snack in between. And I always make sure that I am done eating by 6 PM because I have, I've, I promise I've looked at my continuous glucose monitor for years now. And again, the same meal, if I have that meal at 530, Let's say it is just an example. Let's say that it's the meal I talked to you about today, right? The 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 zoodles, the pesto, the turkey, the turkey ground turkey meat. Um, I have that meal with a big salad at 5:30 p.m. I may see a a 10 milligram per deciliter rise in my blood sugar, which is totally normal, super great, optimal. But if I were to have that same exact meal at like 8 p.m. I would probably see close to a 30 milligram per deciliter rise. And that's because the later it gets, the more your body goes into storage mode, the more insulin resistant you are, um, and just the more it, it more of a toll it takes on your metabolism. And so I have learned that if I'm going to have a pretty robust dinner, because it's my favorite meal, that I need to roll it back to around 5.30 to 6 um, so that I can digest that through the evening 
I always take a walk afterwards as well, so I can really help to support that. Um, and that by the time I'm in bed around 9.30, 9.45, I am good to go. My body can really do its job when I'm sleeping. I can get into more, more deep, restful sleep mode, which is so, so critical for ramping up growth hormone, for ramping up testosterone, for ma- ramping up neurotransmitters and progesterone. I mean, this is where you where your hormones are being activated and being like moving into working for your body is going to be in that deep restful time but we simply can't get there if we eat late night snacks if we our blood sugar is is crazy deregulated while we're sleeping um and if we are you know and we're we're constantly on our screens and our phones and we don't have a good sleep routine it just messes all of it up and it's no wonder we see all this hormone depletion um, even more so than we would experience in that phase of perimenopause. Now, I'm going to go even deeper again in, in that summit that I'm hosting um, starting on May 20th. So if again, if you are looking for something very specific and very targeted like today's episode, be sure to register. Again, we only it's only two days, 48 hours. You get to pick and choose whatever talk, whatever interview you want to dive into. And I'm going to tell you the big conversation I have with every single one of these speakers is that I want the highlight reel. I want your best stuff. I want the things that women can implement literally today. So that's what's going to be happening in the summit. The registration link is going to be in the show notes for you to go check out. And I hope that you loved these tips today. Um, I hope that you find some that really resonate and that you can begin to implement. I promise it will make the biggest difference. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe for more easy tips to heal your hormones and to upgrade your health.